Hello and welcome to Locked On Marlins. This is your daily Marlins podcast with me, British host Peter Pratt. Do not forget to follow me on Twitter at Miami Marlins underscore UK. And of course, do not forget to subscribe to the podcast. This is the final week of three episodes per week. From next week on, it is a full steam ahead, five episodes per week. Get yourself subscribed so you do not miss any of the action. Guys, Friday, 18th of March, the Marlins are playing a baseball game. Yes, spring training starts today. Sandy Alcantara, the stud, the ace, is on the mound taking the ball. Going to be going around about 50 pitches. A couple of innings of sharp work we're expecting from Sandy. And let's be totally honest, guys. This will be a very, very nice distraction from the lack of Marlins activity post-lockout. It's funny because you know, going into the lockout, the Marlins were absolutely dropping bombs left, right, and center with Stallings, Wendell, and Avi Garcia. And everyone had the expectation that the Marlins were, just had things locked and loaded. It was almost like the valve would be released, trades would be made, free agents would be signed. And we are a couple of weeks after that. A lot of other teams have been getting very, very busy, spending a lot of money. And the Marlins have added a few minor leaguers, uh, or a few players on minor league deals anyway. Um, So it's been a little bit underwhelming on that front. But if we take the time to sit back and think logically about what the Marlins' strategy could and should be, I, I, I think this was always the most likely outcome, where... We're hunting for an elite center fielder. There were no center fielders, elite center fielders available in free agency once Starling Marte signed. And that means it has to come via trade. And the reality is the guys that were targeting in trades are very, very expensive due to the quality of them and the length of control. So with that being said, we need to be patient, guys. We need to be patient still on center field. The closing situation and the relief situation equally has been, I mean, free agents are flying off the board. The Phillies are signing everyone. There's tons of guys going off the board. I think the Angels have signed tons. The Diamondbacks, you know, the going rate seems to be for like a, an average to slightly above average arm, around about five to six million a year. That is a lot of money for the Marlins. You know, that would be a real massive payday for a reliever. Um, and, you know, particularly some of the guys that are signing, they're, they're certainly... Not sure things in that bullpen. So it's been interesting seeing how the market is playing out on the relief side um, as well. And you know, listen, the Marlins, they need to do something there. I'm not convinced that the bullpen, uh, as it's currently constructed, I don't think they've got the pieces there. Clearly, we saw what the pieces did last year. And in, in the main, it was spotty. The numbers looked okay. If you look at the totality of the numbers, how good your bullpen, the bullpen was above average on many, many metrics. But the key metric around about leverage innings, the Marlins were dead last, I think. They were they were terrible in leverage spots in general um, versus other, other NL teams. So interesting to see the way they play this out. But guys, baseball is truly back today. Sandy Alcantara goes... It's on Marlins Radio, I believe, so the Marlins Radio guys are going to be firing it up. Uh, There's a couple of games that are going to be televised, so I'm looking forward to that. I think maybe three or four will be televised, so I'm really looking forward to getting the eyeballs on the team itself. And listen, there are tons, 
there's tons of, of context and storylines that are going to circle around the Marlins for the, entire, the entirety of this spring. We think back to last year, the main, I guess, position battles were the fifth rotation and second base, if you recall. Do you remember back in 2021 when we weren't sure if Trevor Rogers was going to crack the rotation? Do you remember that? I mean, I, I was all in on Trevor, so I, I can... I can sit here comfortably. I was all in. But do you remember we were kind of debating, is it going to be Dan Castano? Is it going to be Nick Neidert? Is it going to be Braxton Garrett? Is it going to be Trevor Rogers? Is Eliezer going to be healthy? You know, these were all the questions. Was, is Sixto going to be healthy too? Um, you know, he still isn't healthy. But that was the main pitching position battle. Bass was signed as the closer. We knew he was closing, so that wasn't really a battle. Um, but in second base, Isan versus Jazz. How I mean, it's crazy to think we were even having that discussion the way the year has gone for both those two and gone in completely opposite directions for sure. But those were the two battles. But you know, in terms of what we're going to be doing on Locked On Marlins the next you know week or so, I'm going to be really kind of digging into some of the positions, some of the battles, and where the competition sits. I think it's a really interesting thing, and as well. We know the Marlins still have work to do. Craig Mish has said it. There's still things to be done. And so the impact on the 40 man, who, you know, who will be moved as part of these deals, all this will all play out in the next couple of weeks. So it's going to be very, very intriguing for sure. Um, guys, I think I do want to come onto center field though and just get into center field and where we're at, what options exist and the way things have played out. Um, I'm going to do that the other side of the first ad of the day. And it's our, it's our guys over at Bilt Bar, of course it is. I'm going to ask you this question right up now. Have you tried the puffs? Have you tried the puffs? Bilt Bar, Bilt Bar's puffs is the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy marshmallowy, not just a protein bar. They're a treat and covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs, they're a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Yummy, cinnamony, churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. So, so good. These are going to be your new favorite. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, including those puffs. 100% real chocolate. Low calorie, high protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They're better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Get yourselves over to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED. 15, that's locked one five, and get 15% off your order. Okay, guys, like I said, I wanted to get into center field because it's the clear and obvious position of need. And I wanted to just go back and think, how have the Marlins ended up in this spot? How has how it played out this way? We had Starling Marte. We traded for Marte in 2020. In 2021... He was having a career year. We knew it was an expiring deal. Yes, he was hurt in some, you know, some moments of the season. He was hurt, but he wanted to stay. All indications were Marte wanted to stay, wanted to sign that extension. And in the end, the Marlins seemingly didn't open those talks up soon enough. They didn't give themselves enough time pre-deadline, and the team was out of it, to get any kind of deal done. And the Marlins decided not to take the risk on trying to extend Marte post the deadline. And they were happy to go and flip him for Jesus Lozado. I'm going to come on to Lozado later on. Maybe not this episode, but nevertheless, I've always been 
in a vacuum anyway, a big, big fan of that trade. I love the upside of Jesus Lozado. However, one thing the Marlins did not need seemingly was another major league rotation arm. Got tons of them. You know, got tons of them coming through as well. What the Marlins, and actually when you look across Major League Baseball, elite center fielders, not just glove, not just defensive elite center fielders, but hitting elite center fielders that are in amazing shape and are top clubhouse dudes, they are very, very hard to find. And the Marlins, they had Starling Marte in the house. And when I think back, it's the one, it's the one major mistake that I think happened last year clearly the, the Adam Duvall situation that trade I'm not sure that's going to work out either but the Starling Marte situation not the trade the trade was great I'm going to call that out but not being able to extend Marte when we had no plan B really in centre field for the next one to two seasons was and is a mistake and the Marlins showed their hand you know, to, to try and address that mistake because they were aggressive to try and sign Marte in free agency problem is with free agency Every other team can go after him. And of course, with the Marlins, they are limited on their budgets. And what does that mean? You get blown out of the water by the Mets. Absolutely. Listen, if the Mets want a guy, they're going to get him. So the Marlins took that risk. Looking back on it, though, I've been thinking about this. I think the Marlins made that move expecting to have actually got their center fielder already. I think that is how things played out. They moved Marte. They got Lozado, which they liked and I like. And I think they expected to address center field in, in and around the deadline. And obviously, we had that news that they were talking to the Pirates about Reynolds. They were talking to the Angels in depth about Brandon Marsh. I think the Marlins at that point expected to have, to have actually acquired their center fielder for 22 at the 21 deadline. For whatever reason, things didn't happen. Whether that was Derek Jeter vetoed things whether it was um, the Angels backed out on, on Brandon Marsh, Max Meyer, I don't know. But I think at the heart of that deal, they decided to move on from Marte and look to acquire a center fielder for 22 at that deadline. Didn't happen. Then all of a sudden you're through the season and you're looking at the, the, you know, the options available. And really, guys, the, I went through this in some depth a few weeks back. You know, what are the options at center field? It's pretty shallow, it really is, of teams that are likely to want to move a center fielder. You know, who, who's rebuilding? Who has outfielders available that are cost-controlled and are affordable for the Marlins? And really, it comes down to, you know, really, Reynolds, Mullins, and, and Ramon Laureano, who's obviously on a, a PED suspension. They're the only three dudes. They really are, after Marte was off the board. So... You know, how is it going to play out the next few weeks? I'm intrigued. I am. I do think that... I do... I can just see it happening. I think the Marlins will get a deal done for Reynolds, Mullins, maybe Kettle Marte, but the, the Diamondbacks too as well. Are, um, I guess are adding closers. They're adding relievers. Maybe the Diamondbacks are going for it. I don't know. Not sure they should be, but maybe Kettle Marte is, is also in play as well as Laureano, those four dudes, perhaps. Listen, Kettle Marte is not great in the outfield. In center field, he isn't. He's not really a center fielder. Um, but, you know, where does that leave the Marlins right now? Um, you know, if they can't get a deal done, what does that mean for center field? I guess you then end up with Brian De La Cruz, perhaps. Avi Garcia, as mentioned. 
you've then got, you know, perhaps Jesus Sanchez could flick into there as well. I don't know. The other question is, is Jazz Chisholm going to take any reps at centre field? He hasn't yet, which I think is maybe telling. I think if they were even considering Jazz as an option at centre field in the last couple of couple of days, you'd have seen some some reps out there shagging balls in the outfield. That's a very US term, by the way. Shagging means something very different in the UK, but catching balls <laughs> in the outfield, I think that's what you'd have seen from Jazz. And we haven't seen it. So the expectation is the Marlins aren't thinking down that pathway. I honestly believe that Jazz has the tools and the swag to absolutely pull it off in center field. Yes, there may be some teething issues, but I'm totally confident that Jazz could be an absolutely elite all-round center fielder, both fielding, glove, not sure about the arm strength, but fielding, glove, speed, everything that Marte did well, plus the bat, plus the base running skills, ton of it like Jazz Chisholm could be one of the best center fielders in the game. I honestly believe that. Um, I'm not convinced he's going to be one of the best shortstops in the game. I don't know. Maybe he will. From what I've seen thus far, I'm not totally convinced. And maybe his skill set does better suit the outfield. He loves throwing himself around so wildly, making some wild grubs. I, you know, I, I do wonder whether that would be the position for Jazz at some point. Like I said, the tools, the swagger there, he could absolutely pull it off. I am, I'm absolutely certain of that. Um, so, you know, if the Marlins don't make a move, if they don't, then what's what's your opening day roster potentially going to look like right now? If they don't add any more pieces, what does what does that mean? Gut feel is you end up with uh, obviously Stallings a catcher, Aguilar and Cooper, one of those at first base, one of those DHing. Jazz Chisholm at second, Miggy Rowe at short, Joey Wendell at third, Brian Anderson in right field, Avi Garcia in center, and Jesus Sanchez in left field. That's, if the Marlins do nothing more, that's what I see as the opening day lineup. How do you feel about that? <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure how I feel. And as well, I'm, I'm concerned that there's a lot of guys out there that missed plenty of time last year too. And the outfield looks a bit cumbersome I mean Brian Anderson is absolutely he could be an elite right fielder no doubt about it so he'd be an upgrade in the outfield um, but still Avi Garcia and Jesus I'm not sure paired with Brian Anderson doesn't feel doesn't feel that great defensively and I think the Brian Anderson piece is really really interesting it's been one of the the main storylines like that you know, Craig was putting out there he feels like Joey Wendell's you know he isn't a bench bat I mean, you don't go away and acquire an all-star as, as a bench bat for the Marlins. You, you just don't. Like, Joey Wendell is going to be starting two-thirds, three-quarters of the games. He's going to be taking, you know, health. If health's okay, Joey Wendell's playing and taking three-quarters of the at-bats um, for the Marlins. You know, 450, 500 at-bats. I can see that. Why else would you go away and acquire a Joey Wendell um, for the Marlins? So, so we've got to assume he's going to be playing a lot. And is that going to be at third base? Maybe. Spotting Miggy at short? Maybe. A Jazz? The same? It's going to be really intriguing. I'm, you know, We're going to get into that in the next couple of uh, episodes on, on Locked On to work out what are the battles. But BA flicking out to right field, I think, is, is a really interesting one for sure. It really is. I, I could definitely see that working. Uh, we've already seen it out there. It's, it, you know, it, the glove, the arm, it's a perfect fit. I mean, as well, you'd lose, you'd lose some... Defensive quality at third base, though, because, listen, Brian Anderson, he's, he's a top three third baseman uh, in the NL at least. 
So, yeah, that's a really intriguing one. Um, there's there's a few other options, I guess, centre field too, just to kind of call it out. Uh, and I'm, I'm intrigued about this too. What's happening with Monte Harrison? Where are things going to play out for Monte? I'm going to talk about that in a second. I know most people are thinking he's done, and maybe he is, but I think we should talk about Monte. We should consider Roman Quinn, Brian De La Cruz, what, what it means for these guys. But before we do that, guys, it's time to tell you about our guys and friends over at Bet Online. It's that time of the year again as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. From the latest odds, contest, contests, and player props, can't speak. BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. The BetOnline, where the game starts. Okay, and... This episode is also brought to you by Mission Possible. <laughs> Are you ready to discover your purpose and leave an impact wherever you go? Mission Possible. Written and read by New York Times best-selling author and athlete Tim Tebow. Encourage you to find your inspiration, pursue your purpose, and create a life for yourself that counts. Ignite a new spark in your life through this new inspirational listen. Mission Possible by Tim Tebow is available everywhere audiobooks are sold. Okay, guys, just kind of wrap up this episode on Marlin's return to action, spring train action, Sandy Alcantara going, of course. Just to briefly touch on Monte Harrison and rounding up this outfield mix. Monte Harrison. What's gone on with Monte Harrison? Is it, you know, where are we going to end up here? Is, are we going to see anything from Monte at spring, I think that would be really interesting too. Of the Marlins just got to a point where there's just no at-bats for Monte. I don't know. I hope not. Uh, but we'll wait and see. Uh, the other question is Roman Quinn. Roman Quinn has been, uh, I guess, he's given a, a minor league deal uh, with a obviously a spring train, an invitee. Played a number of seasons with the Phillies. You know, that kind of speedy center field, defense first dude. The interesting part is I could see Roman Quinn getting onto the Major League roster. I can. I could see that happening. I have a gut feel that Monte Harrison perhaps um, maybe moved off the Major League roster or the 40-man roster. Uh, we'll wait and see. Whether that's by you know DFA'd, whether that's by trade, I gut feel is Monte... I still, I still believe that Marlins go and get a center fielder, and I, st- and I actually believe that Monte will be included in that package, um, you know, as part of it, as you know, whatever it may, whatever the broad package may be. Clearly, he won't be the headliner, but I do believe that Monte will be in that package, and I do believe that perhaps Roman Quinn may then also get a major league uh, or be added to the forty man and sit there as some some outfield depth. Um, we'll wait and see on that. I'm not sure. I guess going back and you know. Thinking about Monte and you know where his career has gone, it's it's just it's so disappointing for Monte. The the tools, the swag, just all those things about mentioned about Jazz were true of Monte in twenty twenty, bursting on the scene. I was I, I was really excited about the prospect of Monte Harrison, and things really haven't gone his way. The strikeout has always been a problem, um, but basically he was kind of his career has been mothballed. 
uh, the past year or so with the Marlins after this altercation or so with, with Starling Marte. Still not, stuck, not, not sure what went on there. Um, but, you know, it's, you know are we going to see any action from Monte in spring? Not sure. Is his career done with the Marlins? Probably. Will he be included in a trade where the Marlins go and acquire a center fielder? Most likely. If not, gut feel is probably DFA. The Marlins move on. Um, and, uh, and Roman Quinn perhaps is added to the 40-man at some stage. I think that's the most likely. Um, guys, as I mentioned, Marlins baseball is back. It is back today, and I am excited for it. I'm really excited to see the way that the lineups go, the at-bats go. There's so many position battles that we have to get into. What's going to happen at catcher? We know Stallings is starting, but what's going to be happening at catcher behind him? Who's going to be backing him up? Obviously, Astadio's in the house too, plus a ton of guys. Nick Fortes obviously really popped at the back end of 2021. First base, there's three studs knocking around. I think Donnie's kind of loosely laid out the way they see that going. But I guess a blend of Aggie and Coop cycling between first and the DH like they did in 2020. Worked well then. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Laywin's got options. Second base looks locked down. So does shortstop. Third base is intriguing for sure with Wendell and Brian Anderson. Interested to see whether Isan Diaz or what kind of opportunity Isan is given in this in, within spring. Then you're into the outfield mix too. The bullpen is very, very interesting. Anthony Bender maybe has now a changeup to go with a crazy, insane slider and a fastball. Floral was was nice, but listen, the bullpen still needs adding to. It absolutely does. I'm really intrigued to see where the Marlins go there. And listen, from a pitching perspective and a rotation perspective, you know, there's still some jobs to be to be battled out there. As I see it, there's six guys battling for five spots. It's, you know, health, let's, let's assume everyone is healthy, and right now everyone is healthy. I think that's really intriguing. And we're going to have the same conversation as last year, you know, and I guess it's going to boil down to Eddie Cabrera. Does he start in AAA? He could do. Wouldn't shock me, actually. I think probably it's most likely at this point that Eddie Cabrera starts in AAA um, and is waiting in the wings should or if anything happen to any of the other five guys. But, guys, we're going to really dig into that the next couple of weeks for sure as spring gets underway and we get into these battles. For now, that is me, Peter Pratt, signing out of Locked on Marlins. I'm back tomorrow.